Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and our proud family of podcasts. We appreciate you taking some time to listen to our podcast each and every week. My name is John Boccasino, going to be flying solo for you here on this, the first official week without football. That's right, folks. I know you're probably a little bit sad about this. As am I, the football season came to an end a uh, thrilling and yet, I don't know, unsatisfying feeling last weekend with the Kansas City Chiefs knocking off the Philadelphia Eagles 38-35. to 35. There really wasn't much drama once uh, James Bradbury was flagged for a holding penalty. Uh, the Chiefs were able to then run the ball down to the one, take a knee, kick the winning field goal, anticlimactic. I was pulling for the Eagles. Uh, definitely not a fan of the Chiefs at all, but I guess you have to tip your hat to Kansas City for being resilient and uh, for Patrick Mahomes uh, playing a game where he was clearly banged up and hurt. Uh, They ended up pulling off the win. It was a really entertaining Super Bowl, and uh, it really got me thinking about, you know, there's 32 teams in the NFL, and only one can be crowned Super Bowl champion. So on this week's episode of the Bill Leaf Podcast, I want to tackle a subject that I know is on the minds of many of my fellow Bills fans. Was Buffalo's season in 2022 a success? Now, this is a complicated question, and it's also an easy question. It depends on which avenue you want to take for viewing success. And we're going to take both sides of the coin here um, to talk about, was this season successful for the Bills? And this is my unfiltered opinion on this topic. There are many ways to judge success, um, but in football, really, there's only the one true measure. It's wins and losses and championships. And for a Buffalo Bills team that really had high hopes entering the season, the Bills were preseason favorites to win the Super Bowl. You know, Josh Allen was the preseason MVP favorite. You know, when you're viewed under that and under, you know, the expectations, I mean, Buffalo the year prior had given Kansas City all it could handle uh, in the thrilling overtime loss in the divisional round. The 13 seconds game, the Bills ran it back with a lot of the same cast of characters, and they entered the season with tremendous hype and hope as a preseason favorites. So when viewed under that criteria, the Bills past season was not a success. I mean, sure, the Bills went 13 and three overall. They claimed their third straight AFC East divisional title. Buffalo hosted and won a playoff game for the third straight year and The Bills did make it to the AFC Divisional Round of the Playoffs for the third consecutive year. You can recall they lost in the AFC title game now three years ago, and the last two years they've fallen short in the AFC Divisional Round. In the end, this team did fall short of its stated goals. It's easy to feel as if the team has slipped further from the Super Bowl perch and the Super Bowl dreams that came from the past three winters. After all, as I just mentioned, the Bills did play for the AFC Championship two years ago, coming a painful 13 seconds away from winning a divisional playoff game last season. And then this year, they regressed in a sense, being blown out by the Bengals in the divisional round, which was in fact just the second home playoff loss in franchise history. 
When you take a look at Buffalo's performance this past year, the Bills boasted both one of the top offenses and defenses in football. Buffalo's defense allowed the sixth fewest yards per game at roughly 319 and the second fewest points per game at a hair under 18 per game. Peeling back the layers a little bit using analytics, the Bills were fourth overall in Football Outsiders' defense-adjusted value over average metrics with a cumulative score of negative 11%. Buffalo also allowed the fifth fewest rushing yards in the league at 104.6 per game, and there were plenty of reasons for that success. Linebackers Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano continue to show why they are one of the best duos in the league, especially with Edmonds taking a big step forward in his development as one of the NFL's top Mike linebackers. Free agent edge rusher Von Miller made an immediate impact in his first year with the Bills, providing the team with that dominant pass rusher presence that was sorely missing the last two postseasons. But once Von Miller went down due to injury on Thanksgiving Day, Buffalo's pass rush fell off significantly, especially in the playoffs when the Bills were unable to generate any sort of pressure against the Bengals' offensive line that was down three starters. The Bills have invested heavily in their defensive line over the past few off-seasons, and now they have more question marks than answers heading into a pivotal off-season. Tredavious White did make a triumphant return from an ACL tear to once again anchor the team's top cornerback spot. Meanwhile, rookie Kyer Elam bounced back from some rookie struggles and proved that he can be the big, physical corner that Leslie Frazier prefers for the CB2 role. But all-pro safeties Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer battled injuries, with Hyde suffering a season-ending injury in Week 2 and Poyer fighting off six different ailments this year. When Poyer played, the Bills were 12-0 in the regular season, including an incredible performance in a road win over the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs when Poyer anchored a defense while playing with a collapsed lung. On the other side of the ball, Buffalo finished second in points per game at 28.4, second in total yards per game at 397.6, were fourth in first down percentage at roughly 37%, and ninth in red zone touchdown scoring, 60%. Plus, all of Buffalo's three regular season losses came by a combined eight points. That's less than three points per defeat. Quarterback Josh Allen came out of the gate red hot this year and seemed poised to remain in the MVP conversation until he suffered a torn UCL in his throwing elbow during a Week 9 loss to the New York Jets. While Allen was still one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the league after the injury, his penchant for turning the ball over resurfaced as Allen finished with a league-leading 19 giveaways. More often than not, too much pressure was placed on Allen to be a one-man wrecking machine, and his body absorbed too many punishing hits when he was scrambling or taking off on design runs. Allen's top playmaker, Stefan Diggs, continued to show he's a top-five wideout in the league and that he and Allen are once again a dynamic quarterback-wide receiver duo. But Gabe Davis never seized the opportunity to emerge as the number two wideout, and it really came back to bite Buffalo's offense in the playoffs when teams could really key in on digs, knowing the rest of Buffalo's weapons were not as big of a threat. The Bills struggled all year long trying to find a slot weapon for Josh Allen and the passing game, and the team also struggled with consistency in the rushing game. 
Buffalo did rank seventh in the league in rushing yards per game, but we all know that but we all know the key caveat here is that Allen rushed for 762 of those yards. When you factor in just the running backs of Devin Singletary and James Cook, along with a little bit of Zach Moss and Naheem Hines, the Bills had the fewest carries by their running backs, 291, of any team in the league. The running backs' average production was 88 yards per game, which ranked 22nd in the league. One bright spot here does appear to be rookie James Cook, who really found his rhythm down the stretch. He actually averaged a robust 5.7 yards per carry, giving fans hope that he can be Buffalo's featured back. But moving forward, the Bills have to find a way to alleviate all of the pressure on Josh Allen. He cannot be the guy doing everything for this offense and be sustainable for the long-term future. The Bills were also inconsistent along both their offensive and defensive lines. Pro Football Focus graded the Bills' O-line as the 23rd best unit in the NFL with three members, left guard Roger Saffold, right guard Ryan Bates, and right tackle Spencer Brown, ranking far below average. In fact, Brown and Saffold were ranked among the worst at their positions, while Bates was in the bottom tier. Only left tackle Deion Dawkins and center Mitch Morris played at an average or better level this year. As a whole, the unit struggled to both protect Allen and spring the rushing game. Now, the Bills can and should be striving for ways to improve on both sides of the ball in the trenches this offseason. So you can see that the Bills had a, a lot of success in 22, but again, you know, were they successful as a team? There's one area we haven't talked about when it comes to gauging success, and this is the complicated part. It goes far beyond wins, losses, and whether your team won the Super Bowl or not. On the field, it can easily be argued that the Bills' season was not a success because they did not advance further than they did in 2021 when the team lost again in a thrilling game in overtime in the divisional round to the Chiefs. This year, the Bills once again failed to make it out of the divisional round, but that is not the sole reason why this season can or cannot be viewed a success. You need to factor in something that's greater than on-field success when trying to put into context whether the Bills were successful this past season or not. That is emotional fatigue and emotional trauma and overcoming adversity. The Bills had arguably the most conflict, the most trauma, and the most adversity to deal with of any team in the league this past year. Before the season even started, before the team had even gathered for training camp, the Bills were grieving for their community after a racially motivated mass shooting at a Tops killed 10 people and wounded three more in May. As the season progressed, so too did the heartache and the trauma. Co-owner Kim Pagula was recently announced as having suffered a cardiac arrest incident early in the year. Before the season began, tight end Dawson Knox's brother, Luke Knox, a linebacker at Florida International, died two weeks before the season started. In week two, captain and safety Micah Hyde suffered a season-ending neck injury in the same game in which the team also saw cornerback Dane Jackson get driven off in an ambulance after suffering a scary neck injury of his own. As the season progressed, so too did the trauma. A November blizzard dumped more than 80 inches of snow on western New York, and the Bills were forced to abandon their home, playing three games in 12 days 
all on the road, mind you, and emerging victorious. Then, around Christmas, a storm crushed the region yet again, killing up to 47 people so far in both Erie and Niagara counties. Before the new year was over with, five children between the ages of 2 and 10 died in a tragic house fire in the LaSalle neighborhood. Another gut punch to this region that has taken so much trauma and so much adversity in 22. But of course, the biggest issue, the biggest emotional incident the Bills had to overcome happened just early into the new year. On January 2nd, the saga of safety Damar Hamlin, who suffered a traumatic on-field cardiac arrest incident and nearly died on the field when Buffalo was in Cincinnati. Hamlin's heart stopped beating on the field and he required eight minutes of CPR. Thankfully, due to the quick thinking actions of the medics and the first responders, Hamlin is still with us and he is part of an inspirational recovery process that has both captivated and motivated the country. But as Hamlin was fighting for his life, it just seemed like football was less important. There were questions about not when, but if the Bills would play another football game. I mean, after all, how could Hamlin's teammates, who nearly saw one of their own die on the field, be expected to suit up and play this game again? Now, once we got the good news about Hamlin and his remarkable recovery, the Bills did just that, getting back on the practice field, and they prepared to close out their regular season against their AFC East rivals, the New England Patriots. No one, and I repeat, no one who was in that stadium will ever forget just how electric the atmosphere was at Highmark Stadium. Opening kickoff, the first snap back for the Bills since Hamlin's terrifying injury, and Naheem Hines takes the opening kickoff for a touchdown, and the stadium erupted. It was such a cathartic moment, and that moment really allowed Bills fans to dream that their team was a team of destiny one that would carry their beleaguered city on their shoulders en route to winning that elusive Super Bowl title. But alas, it wasn't meant to be. After holding off the feisty Miami Dolphins in the wildcard round, the Bills were battered and beaten around by the Bengals in the divisional round, and their season ended short of their stated goal. Many will view Buffalo's season as a failure, but really, in context, it was a success because the Bills thrived during a grueling, traumatic, and complicated season. True, they did not make their finished goals of winning the Super Bowl, and they did not reach the finish line of what they wanted to do this year, but they did survive. The Bills overcame so many hardships, and they continued to win, securing both that AFC East title and the number two seed in the AFC playoffs. But after months of riding the ups and downs of this emotional and turbulent season, everything finally caught up to this team. The burdens that this team endured were too much to overcome, and that's a plain fact that most of the players admitted in the aftermath of the Bengals' loss. They were exhausted, their hearts were heavy, and they'd overcome so much adversity until they just hit a wall and had nothing left to give. And these quotes from a couple of Bills players really were telling in the locker room after their season ended. Said left guard Roger Saffold, you could write a book on this season with the amount of adversity we went through, not just the team, but the entire community. Added special teams captain Taiwan Jones, it's pretty clear in my eyes, we overcame so much adversity. This team, this town, we went through a lot. We won a lot of hearts, 
people got behind us, but I feel like we let them down. We set out on a mission, we set a goal, we have a standard, and in my eyes, it's a failure of a year. And I think that's really important to take stock of the fact that these bills played with heavy hearts and you know, there's something to be said for just running out of steam and running out of gas. And it didn't help that Buffalo played a better team that divisional round snow game versus the Bengals. But the Bills team that showed up that day had just been through to hell and back and just had nothing left to give. And for me, that's why they're winners. That's why this was a successful season, because the Bills found a way to close off the year in spite of everything that they had to deal with. And I do want to talk about these preseason expectations for a second, too, because a lot was made of the fact that Buffalo didn't even get to the Super Bowl, yet alone win the whole thing after being the preseason favorites. But really, what does it mean to mathematically be the preseason favorite to win the Super Bowl amongst 32 teams? Even the team that's number one on that poll still faces lopsided odds against pulling off that feat. The implied odds by the odds makers gave Buffalo a 14.3% chance to win it all. ESPN's Football Power Index gave the Bills a league-best 6.9% chance to win it all. Those are not overwhelming odds. What is overwhelming is Buffalo's adversity and resiliency in the face of the trauma and the tragedies that they dealt with in 2022. And for me, from this fan's perspective, That's why the answer to 22, was it a success or was it not, is really a complicated answer. For a team that was widely picked to at least go to the Super Bowl, losing in the divisional round for a second straight year certainly does not feel like a success. But for a team to endure all of this suffering, overcome all of these setbacks, and overcome all of this adversity, like few teams, if any, ever had before, well, that's both commendable and a testament to the fighting spirit of the 22 Buffalo Bills. Just for crossing the finish line on this emotionally draining season makes it a success for the Bills. It also proves that while we love football dearly, this game is just that, a fun game and a hobby. It's not life or death. And in the words of DeMar Hamlin's doctors, DeMar won the game of life when he survived on the field that day in January, And for me, the Bills are winners for persevering through an unprecedented season. Now, that all being said, I want the Bills to go out and win the whole damn thing in 2023. Tough decisions loom for general manager Brandon Bean and head coach Sean McDermott. We will get to those topics as the offseason marches on. But for today's episode of Bill Eve, I thought it would be good to put into context what does success mean for the Buffalo Bills in this past season. I want your thoughts on this topic. What do you think? Was 2022 a success for the Bills or not? And if so, or if not, why? Please feel free to share your opinions on this topic with me on social media. On Twitter, I am at John Boccasino. I love interacting and engaging with our fans, so please drop me a note on Twitter when this podcast posts on Buffalo Rumblings Family of Podcasts. For my colleague Jamie D'Amico, who got a week off this week, I will sign off on this week's episode of Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. And go Bills! Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. 
For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.